Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today we want to revisit the concept of obedience, to obey or to disobey. And uh, I actually have had this newsletter from Moody Church on my desk for quite a while. And uh, it's, a, it's a really good newsletter in that it shows us um, uh, it shows us a lot of, it's very culturally aware as to the, the things, the challenges that we have. And uh, of course, last week we spent uh, the week on persecution. We talked about um, uh, the, the persecutions, how they're coming. We talked about some specific examples up in Canada and one case over in UK. Of course, most of these are surrounding around the, the globalist's new favorite COOF pandemic. And, uh, but one of them was actually more dealing with the equality stuff. And uh, frankly, here in the United States, we have both going on. I think that the, the global powers that be have seen that, yeah, people are starting to not pay much attention to the koofy factors. And so, hey, let's go ahead and start persecuting on the basis of gender equality. If you don't simply 100% agree with, support, and celebrate everybody who has a wiener that calls themselves a female, then uh, you're just a hate monger and a transphobe, and uh, you just, you know, you just need to be persecuted and thrown in jail. Uh, so be it. We'll have a prison ministry. We'll convert that whole population, all right? Um, but uh, this was a fascinating news article, of course. This deals, actually, this does touch on both of those issues, and it was a, a good end cap to last week. And, uh, of course, they're, uh, they're talking about how exiles Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up for God. Of course, this is the story, uh, once again, from Daniel. I've been in Daniel a lot lately. I think our church is doing it, too. We talked about it uh, also um, recently. But um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they, were, uh, they were helping Daniel. He was the highest, uh, you know, the highest in the land behind the king and possibly the queen at this point in time. And uh, his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were high counselors. Now, it would appear that Daniel was probably out of the country at the time, um, which is why he doesn't appear in that portion of the story. But the king sets up, I think it was Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he sets up the golden statue of himself and decrees that everyone has to bow down and worship it when you hear the music play. Well, they're like, we're not bound down to them worshiping the statue. And uh, they get thrown into the fiery furnace. And as they're thrown into the fiery furnace, they make it so hot, even the people throwing them in die in the course of throwing them in. But then there's four people walking around in there. And the last one is, as quoted, like as an appearance as an angel of the Lord. So either God himself or an angel came down there and protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they did not obey and worship the statue. So obviously this gets to the easy portion of obedience. You know, going back to when Peter and John were arrested for preaching the gospel and they're told, hey, Hey, don't talk about this name anymore. And they say, hey, you, this is from Acts, I think it's Acts 4, you decide for yourself whether it's better to obey man or God. And that is an important principle to understand and one that we, we have some degree of knowledge about because, I mean, for sure, if we are to obey man or to obey God, clearly we should obey God. But what happens when it's not as easy as clear cut, like during a Kufi pandemic? This was interesting because some churches were told by the state you had to close down and they kept meeting and suffered a lot of persecution for it. And ultimately, they prevailed. They prevailed. The gates of hell did not stand against those churches. They prevailed, and those churches grew in that time, which is fascinating. It drove the Canadian church, Jim, James Coates, underground. They, a formerly free nation now has an underground church meeting because of government persecution. That's the world we're in, folks. And uh, what's interesting here is that 
Uh, there's other churches at the same time that are like, they were in states that were allowed to stay open. Like, oh, we're going to close. Huh? Oh, but we can have just as good fellowship online. I shared the story on this channel once about, um, I was talking to this kid that's uh, involved in one of the camp ministries that I work in uh, from time to time. And he was very upset that the churches are closed. And he's like, I don't get anything out of this Zoom meetings. And I got news for you. We were not designed to fellowship over the internet. Now, is it a decent substitute in some instances? Absolutely. Can it help forge and maintain friendships that you have? Absolutely. But there is nothing like getting together face-to-face. -to -face. This is why our church has been open for over, I think, a year now. We closed down for just a month or two while we could evaluate the facts. But it begs this question, when should we obey? When should we disobey? And uh, they have a nice article in the newsletter here about that. But the Q&A is definitely the place where it has a lot of things. And so I want to go ahead and read through the, the Q&A in this Moody newsletter. And uh, this is Moody Church Media. I, I think they changed their website recently. I can't remember their website. I'll go ahead and put it down below there. But... Uh, this is uh, Pastor Lutzer, and uh, it, is, uh, it is a fairly sound church. Not perfect, of course, but it's a very sound church. And uh, I've always liked Lutzer's material. Um, it's, very, uh, it's very good on how, it, how he understands human nature. And um, that's kind of where his approach has always been. So very good stuff if you want some excellent sermons on human nature. So here's a series of Q&As that he gives, and I'll add my commentary to some of these. So the first question, during the Kufi crisis, churches were told they could not meet. Many submitted to this governmental edict, a few did not. This became controversy among some church members. What are your thoughts? So Lutzer says, I have no objection to churches being subject to the same rules as other businesses. What we witnessed, however, was that casinos were allowed more people in their building than churches. This was a double standard that unfairly targeted churches. Some churches, uh, should churches defy these orders? Well, we have to allow some freedom here. It is not worth a church split. But if such unfair rulings were to continue when the risk of catching the kufi fades, then yes, Churches should defy restrictive orders. Now, he's talking about in Nevada, where, of course, casinos are a big part of the, uh, the state revenue. Casinos were allowed to open. Churches were not. So one guy turned his, he threw a couple slot machines in the back of the church and called it a casino. <laughs> yeah, hack the system. And uh, that's the thing is, should, if everything absolutely shuts down, equally unilaterally across the board, while the churches still have a difficult thing to say because we are still commanded to get together and to break bread and to fellowship. Now, can we do that online? I argue in a way, but it's not the, it's not the fellowship we are designed for. You, you can't hug a computer screen. You can't have this, this private conversation with a computer screen with the NSA listening on the back end or some Chinese server recording it all. Um, so the, these are the things that considerations have. The next question, what is the most dangerous government overreach and, uh, that we might have to face on the horizon? This is a long answer, but it's a very good one. He says, there are so many ominous threats, it's difficult to know where to begin. We all know instances where bakeries and photography shops had to close because they refused to do business with same-sex couples. But there are other more sweeping laws believers will likely have to face. There's already a call for legislation to defund, uh, to deny, excuse me, deny funding of all schools, including Christian schools that receive financial loans if they don't accept the full spectrum of LGBTQ rights. 
The Equality Act, we talked about the Equality Act on this channel, H.R. 5, passed by the House of Representatives, would amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to include sexual orientation and gender identity in the bill. This would, among other things, give males who identify as females the right to use women's washrooms. Religious organizations could be denied discretion as to who they can hire. Imagine the legal challenges if you wanted to terminate a church staff member because he or she was marrying his same-sex lover. The list of such possible conflicts is endless. In fact, I was doing a proposal for a website for a church uh, not too long ago, and I was looking through, and they have. They already have this in their charter. They're already like, well, we won't d discriminate against you for hiring if you're an LGBT. I, I'm sorry, close down. You're not a church anymore. You failed. You have failed the task of upholding the scriptures. That's not hateful. It is this. It is a level of teaching. Okay, I cannot call myself a member of the Pastafinarians without believing in the flying spaghetti monster as my God. I cannot say I'm a Pastafinarian and deny the flying spaghetti monster. Okay, I can't do it. Likewise, I cannot say I'm a Christian and deny the teachings of Scripture. That's a statement of fact. What the Scripture teaches, we as Christians are bound to accept and believe and to put into practice in our life. That's not hateful. That is following our religion. That is following our faith. That is following our relationship with God. And so when a, um, and I don't you also find it funny? Companies like Facebook can ban whoever they want to ban because it's a private company, but a bakery can't bake a cake for a gay couple. And by the way, if you follow that story, it wasn't, we're not doing business with you, you homosexual, get out of here. No, it was, I, I'm sorry, my faith will not allow me to decorate a custom-built cake, but you are welcome to buy anything we have on the shelf, or I can give you the name of a baker down the street that will do this type of job. Okay, at that point in time, the person's looking for a fight, not, not, the, not the baker, the customer is looking for a fight. They're not here to get a cake. They're looking here to cause a stir up and to hurt somebody because of their religious faith. That is religious persecution. And God bless that person who stood up. And despite having to spend lots of money going through courts, did actually ultimately, for the most part, prevail. Uh, there's a question, what about hate speech? Ooh, so look at Canada. It has hate speech laws prohibiting preaching about certain forms of sexual sin. Many believers have already been published, punished for refusing to abide state-approved speech. We might not yet have such laws, but cru uh, cultural pressure often achieve the same results. I completely agree. We don't have necessarily the, the governmental Gestapo coming in to shut everything down. No, we have angry, anonymous, hate mob Twitter blue checks. And I think that's even worse. I'd rather contend with the tyrannical government rather than the hate mob. Remember, guys, we talked about mobs on this channel. Remember how I, I said, how many of those people who sang Hosanna to the highest and put down palms for the triumphal entry of Jesus were also there screaming, crucify him at the end of the week? Because mob rule is a bad thing, but it unfortunately happens. And it looks like the last couple, um, I think we're going to go ahead and stop there. We got dive on into Islam, and uh, I, I want to, I would like to cover that. I just don't want to open that can of worms when we're already 12 minutes into the video. So if you guys like this, maybe I'll pull out this newsletter again. We'll do the rest of it later. Um, but yeah, these are difficult questions. When should we obey and when should we sit back and go, eh, I don't think so. 
This is a difficult task. There is no clear-cut answer. These are the things that we have to think about because Christianity, it's not a clear-cut faith necessarily, but it does want require knowing your scriptures, getting into your Bible, spending time praying with God as well. These are the important things to keep in mind. And I think it's going to start raining soon. So we're going to wrap up right here. Thanks for watching. I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.